Welcome to Let's Get Social with me, Philip Twyver, to the Curly Marketer, social media strategist and management. And me, Emer Duffy of Fit Social Media, your social media personal trainer. So if you're confused about social media or not sure what channels to use, well, we've got you covered on Let's Get Social. End of the week and oh, the weekend is upon us, Emer. What you been up to since we last spoke? I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> okay, well, keep it to yourself then. Oh, we were friends, Emer. Oh, well, no, it's not that. You can't be giving away all your secrets. Isn't that what they say? Actually, talking to secrets, this is something I do struggle with and probably you don't because you're so techy-fecky, as they say. Yeah. Um, oh, I shouldn't have said that word, should I? No. Um, Edit that it's out. Beep, beep. Remembering... <laughs> passwords you know the old oh yeah what's that password one two three (laughs) and you get locked out so i as i say i'm terrible at remembering them and um as you know it's like you have to have a strong password so um i came across uh, and you probably know about this i always feel like i'm like you know the last to get on the bus with some of this stuff uh last pass which is a chrome extension for your desktop, which is badly needed on mine. Yeah. And if you pay for the year, you can also have an app on your mobile. Yeah. And the great thing is it has autofills and the correct password. So they start to fill it in for you. Um, so you don't have to worry about remembering them. I swear to God, I probably am losing my mind anyway. So it's probably a lifesaver, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I use LastPass. It's a great shout email because uh, I don't think a lot of businesses actually know about this. And it has a password generator as well. So you can have like a 20 I go, No, 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 no. I, I just go with the one I know, you know, because otherwise I'll go, don't, you know. I'm, Emer, I'm one, two, three, four, is that it? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm even can't remember the kids' birthdays, you know, that way. So yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, when you're on the phone, they go, what date was your child born? And you go, yeah. uh, 2000 and, um, oh, which one is that? You know, because like three, so. Yeah, my, my wife in that respect is my password connector. I kind of go, Neve. When was the child born? You know, and uh, she has to give me the heads up. But no, I, I do use LastPass. But, you know, for my social media jokes, I don't need to have them securely saved as really no one is ever going to want to steal them. And speaking of jokes. Really? Right? Yeah, well, Sorry. you never know. Yeah. There might be someone who wants to steal them. You never know. But, I know what I'd like to do, but I can't mention that on air. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, listen, speaking of jokes, you know, are, are you ready for today's episode of my digital giggle? Do you like that one? I came up with that over the week. Digital Disney. giggle. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking for my password generator <laughs> to sort of lock myself out of this. Go on. What have you go got? On. Okay. Well, listen, Emer, this last week I had to go to the doctor because I was just sick of social media. But you know really? what? Yeah, I was sick of social media. Go but on. this week, feeling much better now after following his treatment plan. Yeah, it's, it's, it's shocking, isn't it? <laughs> You stand in the shower and think about these things, do you? I do, like you know. Tre- probably a hair treatment is more is more beneficial. But anyway, um, all I have to say, Philip, is please don't go back in the shower because okay. I think that's where you're coming up with all these things. Yeah. If you find today's social media joke anyway engaging and would love more of them, I hear a lot of silence. You are, I'm really sorry, you are in luck. Uh, we, you can catch Philip's previous jokes and indeed our other shows by hopping on to the Let's Get Social show podcast on Podbeam, iTunes, Spotify and the Dublin South FM website. So do go check them out. But as I always say, go check out the shows and like scroll forward about three minutes and then you'll be safe. 
Listen, those jokes are tweet-tastic. You know, they are Facebook fabulous, you know. So if you want to be a social media comedian maestro on the life of the party, check those jokes out. But anyway. Yeah, whatever you say. Whatever I say. Listen, <laughs> I think I'm on my own there. Um, but listen, yep. we have a very special guest today. Uh, and mm -hmm. Percy, you know, I'm really delighted to welcome our special guest because today... Why is he a fan of yours, is he? Well, probably not after that joke. You know, oh, okay. we, we, we were friends up to that point, but probably oh, okay. uh, it has gone quiet. But uh, delighted to welcome Michael Colleen, you know, who's not only the founder and chairman of the CX company and chairman of the CX Academy, but he's also mm -hmm. one of my ex-bosses. And, you know, when I had the <gasps> privilege of working with Michael in his first leading agency here in Ireland mm -hmm. called Dialogue. So fond memories. And, uh, and I suppose on that note, Michael, I would like to thank you publicly for being one of my first marketing mentors that helped me on my way into the world of marketing, starting off in direct mail. And Michael has been very busy uh, creating the world's first accredited online CX excellence courses, setting the global standard for CX qualifications. The CX Academy offers accredited certificates and diploma programs that bring best practice to life through videos and face-to-face -face webinar training. He's a busy guy. Yeah. Uh, and that's it all. He has been delivering award-winning customer experience programs since the, I'm not going to say this, dark ages, because he looks too young for that. He is strong on technology and equally believes that a successful CX program must include the human touch. And I'm glad it doesn't include social media jokes. Um, currently, he works with tech companies through the globe getting the balance right between tech and the human touch investment for companies. So without further ado, um, I hope you are happy to be here, Michael, uh, to Let's Get Social Show. Delighted. Uh, Phil, the digital giggle, I'm telling you, I'm, 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 I'm ready to leave. I really am. <laughs> here, you and I, right, will virtually escape. He won't notice, you know. There could um, be some Christmas crackers in there uh, too, I would say. But uh, no, listen, guys, delighted to be here. <laughs> so I was going to I was going to say before we do kick things off, you, what do you rate our social media comedian as? Do you think he gives a good user experience, customer user experience? <laughs> think so no. fail. Ah, look you know Phil I think so I think you've got it there just a tiny bit of work it it it, it is on my bucket list to do a um uh, to do a stand-up once in my life and Phil right. you're well on your way I think we should give it a belt for some time we'll do a, we'll do a double act how about it? Uh, I like I'll leave you, you I'll leave you two too with them yeah, well, like uh, like like Michael, obviously, you've moved up to the beautiful um, Roundstone, uh, which is a stunning part of the country. And, mm -hmm. you know, when I worked at Michael, uh, Michael took us um, uh, from Dialogue. We went up to Roundstone for a weekend. And I remember uh, we went to a Bowron making factory and hmm. we were learning how to play the Bowron. Um, and so there was pints of Guinness, there was the Bowron, there was incredible scenery. And uh, yeah, it, it was a, certainly it was a memory that uh, will never, will never dim. As you should have stayed there. I you probably should have, yeah, with the jokes, although I probably would have been chucked overboard or something like that on the river, you know. So. <laughs> You'd be beaten with the Bowron. <laughs> Absolutely. But listen, I suppose, you know, let's get down to the professional reason for having Michael on because um, the world of business and relationship marketing, everything has kind of changed. And Michael, 
you've been a driving force over these last few years about the whole element and concept of CX, you know, customer experience. We've heard about UX, user experience. Mm-hmm. Um, would you tell myself and Emer, and obviously our listeners a bit about the CX company and the CX Academy and what is your mission when it comes to CX? Delighted to. Um, we, uh, Phil, you would know me from old, and you know we were a, a, a marketing agency. So I, as a practitioner, would have been a true marketer, a very passionate marketeer, and uh, have been involved in this for many, many years. I started my career in the U.S., so bought all that learning, etc., back when we set up Dialogue. I think really what happened was about eight or nine years ago, uh, we just felt that marketing had lost its. Um, it's, it's power. Uh, nobody, you know, particularly in, in, in the boardroom, uh, and um, you know, that was having a huge impact on our business as an agency. Um, and we decided, look, we need to re-engineer. And I started my career in the States in the customer experience department of General Electric, GE, in their medical division. And uh, so I always kept an eye on the CX. Oh, yeah. And yeah. you just keep an eye and see where it's going. And about eight or nine years ago, it was just starting to bubble again. And we were noticing this, particularly in the States, because I still do a lot of work out there. And so we, we, we started out with the CX company. We launched the CX company. And in order to kind of get things moving in the Irish market, we created the CXI report. And we launched that each year. We're, going, we're, we're, we're just starting on our seventh report now. Um, and that will launch this year in October. And basically what it is, is we um, interview around, we get about 50 to 60,000 completed surveys from Irish consumers uh, that are representative of the Irish country, you know, age, sex, social, et cetera. And we cover uh, just close to 200 Irish brands across 10 sectors. So it would be you know, retailers, uh, banks, insurance, uh, telcos, uh, transport, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. and we ask Irish consumers to rank their experience with the companies that they are customers of, and that was really how we got going. So we wanted to kind of create some thought leadership in that space, and it's been hugely welcomed in the Irish market. And it basically is, you know, a celebration of of which companies in Ireland are doing really well. Um, but it also benchmarks one company against the other. So, for instance, we now have probably about 35 subscribers. Um, they are companies who we work with directly. So when we launch the report, we sit down and we give them a very deep debrief. And that's generally to their leadership team. And then out of that, then a whole series of actions will come through. So we are able to identify, as an example, what um, are the key areas they should focus on to improve their scores going forward. So that's been a really, really interesting journey for us, and it's been uh, welcomed in the Irish market. On the international side, during these years, we were approached by one of Ireland's leading health insurance companies to uh, ask us would we design some training for them. And we were like, no, it's not really in our space and they kind of were persistent, and we did. We decided, look, let's try this. And we did some uh, one-on-one face-to-face training programs, and we absolutely loved it. It would just blew us away. Yeah. And one of the insights that I got through that process was that when you train, you lead. You really do. So it's another form of thought leadership. Yeah. And, you know, we just found ourselves doing a huge amount of training, and we moved into that space. But, you know, we were trainers coming from a communications background. And that – so, therefore, our training was – 
something different, um, but it was all based on best practice uh, around the world. And so it became very engaging and people enjoyed it. So it wasn't uh, necessarily academic based. It was more about best practice based. Yeah. I think from that perspective, then the challenge was, well, can we now bring this into the online world? And I got in touch with a guy called Julian Douglas. I don't know if you know Julian. Uh, I don't know. No, uh, he, was, he, he was the founder of entertainment.ie and so on. He would have sold that business. So he's he's a digital entrepreneur yeah. and has set up many, many digital programs that he builds and then moves on to the next. And Julian came in and I asked him to attend some of our breakfasts. We do a breakfast, Corey breakfast in the National Concert Hall. And he came back and said, Mike, let's just put this into uh, an e-learning program. Hmm. And so that was two years ago. And we launched the CX Academy two years ago. We got backing from Enterprise R and we're now part of their uh, high performance uh, startup uh, group. And uh, they invested in that. We, so we had our own investment uh, behind it. And as of today, we're just short. I think we're now 49 countries. So, I mean, it's wow. been a tremendously successful story in the sense Fantastic. that uh, we are creating, we have created a standardized uh, training program the globe and you know we're working and training people uh it's it's, it's gas our certificate product is actually uh, one third of the participants are ceos or cfos wow. and it's really interesting because when you ask them why they came on those courses it's because they're investing so much money in the cx discipline within their own organization that mm -hmm. they wanted to know what the hell it was all about and yeah. it's you know so that certificate course is very much a fundamental course whereas the diploma course is really for the uh, anybody with a, you know, the word customer in their title, you know, it's it's yes. much deeper and affords mm -hmm. you all of that knowledge to to deliver plans in the organization. So that's that's kind of how we how we got into it. But you know, we're we're, we're very lucky. Um, the business is going extremely well, both businesses, and even through uh, COVID. I mean, you know, they are COVID protected. They they have not been impacted and continue to grow so we're absolutely over the moon with that it's brilliant it's i i i'm a real believer like in what you're saying michael like investing in yourself and investing in your business so when it comes to training um maybe you can enlighten um some of our listeners who maybe think oh cx that sounds very or you know scary um what is cx and why do you believe it's critical for businesses to embrace especially now i say yeah good, good question um very simply, uh, customer experience is about basically how a customer feels when they've interacted with your company. That's what it is. And the, the challenge here is that a lot of companies today mix it up with customer service. Customer service and customer experience are two totally different disciplines. Customer experience is all about the emotional, how you feel. So, for instance, you have a uh, your your credit card has been hacked. You get onto the bank and you're talking to AI or you're, you're, you're bounced from A to B to C and you're pulling your hair out. It mm -hmm. just drives you crazy. So the yeah. emotions there are just drastic. Whereas customer service is all about the functional. You go mm -hmm. into a store, they give you a bag to put your book in. They allow you to pay with a credit card. They're all the services that are offered. So CX is now the fastest growing business discipline on the planet. And there's huge investments taking place, particularly in the whole IT space in, in, in that. So, you know, for instance, we hear about Bank of Ireland, for instance, you know, they, they, they're spending, what, one and a half billion in terms of uh, turning their whole infrastructure into a much more customer friendly one. There's huge money being invested in customer experience across all sectors today. So mm -hmm. why is it so critical? 
it's really the only way you can differentiate one business from another. And I, I, I go back into, uh, let's say, the banking environment. If yeah. you look at a bank, you and I know today that you know pretty much all the banks s- sell the same products, the same price yeah. points, yeah. and the same kind of customer service. Mm-hmm. So to be really different here, it is about how you make me feel when I do business with you. Yeah. And yeah. It, it covers everything from just the basic welcoming you know, to you know, what you promised me up front. Did you deliver on that? Did you meet my or exceed my expectations? Mm-hmm. So it's stuff you, the three of us, do every single day. And what we've done over the years is we've developed a framework. And that framework is now being used globally. And it's just, it's phenomenal because it, it, it's lovely when I can sit down now with a new client, start talking about customer experience. The leadership team gets it. They go, well, mm-hmm. we've been doing this all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas in the old days when we were, you know, doing a load of uh, websites, et cetera, you know, you'd be sitting down and talking about, and you just lose them. They just, you know, it became so technical, so complicated. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. A, it's a beautiful discipline. It's so easy to understand. And the yeah. fact of the matter is every one of us are delivering customer experience every single day. And sometimes we get it right. And sometimes we make a bags of it. And we can talk about yeah. that as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But then I, I th- always say to my clients are, don't forget you, you're a customer too. So if the boot was on the other foot, how would you feel? You know, yeah. Um, yeah. and your online presence and all that fun stuff, I said. But it all comes down to at the end of the day, what are you offering and what can you help your customer with? And if you don't have, if they don't have a good experience, they're going to go off, you know? Yeah, um, no, absolutely. Yeah. Like I, I know, I remember kind of, you know, one of the, I suppose, relatively kind of old school marketing techniques that I remember learning with you, Michael, and in along my journey, the whole kind of brand essence wheel. Mm-hmm. And one of those elements was that whole area of emotion. Now, and I, I remember back in the day where we thought it was important, a, a lot of clients in, in those kind of those early days were very much more about the technical or the kind of the, the features and it does this, it does mm-hmm. that. We don't mm-hmm. care about emotions, mm-hmm. but as opposed to, because I remember, I suppose, when I first became a sort of a, an, an Apple advocate, I suppose, you know, it was on the basis of how um, Apple made me feel. Um, it, yeah, I loved the features, but I kind of felt mm. from an emotional point that that I was a trendsetter. I was ahead of the curve um, that that I sort of had a part to play in technology and advancement and that I was showing myself as being someone who was um, on the on the cusp of being what was I suppose radical and diverse, um, which appealed to my personality, etc. Um, yep. So it makes a huge amount of sense that, um, and I suppose just before I, I go on to the, the next question, like, do you think Michael, from the general public's point, it is CX or that terminology is that starting to become more? kind of known or in in the people the public's vocabulary that when they are doing business with a company yes they want the bells and whistles but they also want to be made feel that they are cared for and that their businesses is i suppose is is respected or etc cetera, etc cetera. It's, it's, it's a great question phil because we we're now working globally and certain countries are more mature than we are in mm. the whole planning of cx i would say that ireland particularly in, it's funny, in, in, in different sectors, we excel other countries all over. But in general, we are behind the ball on that. So, mm. yeah, the question is, do Irish consumers understand CX? No, they don't. They mix it up with customer service. Yeah. Uh, but uh, like in the States, it's very much more mature. In Australia, it's much more mature. 
in the UK. So we do a lot of studies and we rank ourselves against the UK and the other markets and we benchmark where we're strong. We are incredibly strong in government services. We are incredibly strong in utilities. We're incredibly strong in transport. We are terrible in, 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 in restaurants, in retail, etc. Other markets are much more mature than we are in those areas. So, you know, in certain areas, I would say that we're not at a level yet where the consumer truly understands what a customer experience means to them because they, they mix it up with customer service. Yeah. And really, you know, I think the one thing to take out of today, it is about how you feel when you go into a bank or you're talking on the phone to a bank or you're going online with a bank. How do you feel? Are you pulling your hair out or was that an incredibly... Uh, consistent and great experience. And that's what the name of the game is. In fact, what I would say to you, and it's worth just sharing, our philosophy at the moment is very much the way we do business has changed forever. And you've mm. kind of raised this for them. That's why I'm, I'm trying to jump on it. Yeah. You know, our, our goal today is not to sell to customers. That yeah. day is gone. Our goal today is to give our customers an amazing experience so mm. that they become our salespeople. Yeah. So what a lot of the companies we deal with will say, guys, we'll get you 100,000 free sales reps. And this is how we're going to do that. And mm -hmm. here's the fact. I mean, the fact is you and I are going to make decisions based on what somebody tells us, not on an ad that we see, et cetera. So for instance, you know, the last time I would have gone to a restaurant, somebody would have mentioned me, guys, there's a great new restaurant around the corner. You should go, I'll go. But if they ran a TV or radio campaign, I'd be going, ah, that's cool. I, I, I'm not buying that. Or, yeah. you know, somebody might say to me, I got my car insurance from or my mobile phone from. And yeah. I'm likely to move on an unbiased opinion of somebody I trust than mm. any ad campaign or any, any effort that's made. So that's the way the world is changing. We no longer are about acquisition. We are about looking after who we've got, our customers, yeah. and giving them amazing experience right throughout that journey. And then they become our ambassadors. Yeah. And that's the way the world is moving. It really is. Yeah, it's a it's a very interesting point. There's a, I just think, you know, like, you know, it's a, you might take a chance on, on buy a new product, but then you're kind of wondering, oh, I must go check out the reviews first rather than go and venture. I, I don't know what you think of that, Michael. Do is absolutely. That, absolutely. Is that something that, you know, you see more and more of, you know? No, absolutely. I mean, sure, we're doing it ourselves every day. And I think, yeah. you know, I, think I think the social is having a huge impact. And we're going to talk about this on this particular session, particularly in the area of complaints. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, what we're seeing here is that um, those companies that can deal with complaints heroically, in other words, quickly, apologize, accept it, move on, and then find a solution. Mm -hmm. um, they are the true, they're, they're going to be the true champions. And we look at customer experience champions around the world, and the one thing they all have in common is that they deal with resolution brilliantly. And, mm -hmm. you know, social media is driving complaints through their roof. Oh, it's I know. So easy now to complain. And, and the fact mm -hmm. is that our own as consumers, all of us, our expectations are going through the roof. I always use that example of, you know, using my mobile to get my taxi today, whereas in the old days we used to call up and we'd be waiting for an hour before the taxi showed mm -hmm. up. And now I click my phone and boom, bang, bang. And he says, okay, I'll be with you in three minutes. And I say, three bloody minutes. <laughs> Why are you talking about it? Sure, geez, I'm just sitting here. I mean, that's yeah. way too long. So our expectations are going through the roof and everything. So, you yeah. know, if you go into a store and, you know, maybe there's something wrong with the milk, you're expecting to apologize immediately. 
So when they don't apologize, you will turn around just as quickly and tell a friend, don't ever go there. They are just all over the place. Whereas when they do it brilliantly, you'll also say, these guys rock. Yeah, I've just got off the phone with a telco and they're going to fix this and fix this. So by fixing complaints, which generally are coming from that social media channel, uh, it's a wonderful way of delivering an amazing experience because in Ireland, not great at resolution. We used to have Aer Lingus and uh, I would say Superquin were very strong in that area. But yeah. their markets have changed dramatically now that they have even failed to deliver really good CX, uh, particularly around resolution. So yeah. it's Social media is playing a key role there, no question. Like you mentioned at the, at the start, Michael, about something which I think is so, I suppose, uh, I suppose a key part of what you have created with the whole area of CX, and that was your your benchmarking report, you know. Would you just talk a bit more about what that is? And I suppose ultimately the benefit of that for Irish business and, and why they want to see how they are benchmark or how they are performing to get better, why they should be striving forward in that element. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, it's the CXI report. And you go onto our website, the cxcompany.com, and you can download the last five or six uh, annual reports. And basically what it is made up of is a league table of the top brands in Ireland. Yeah. And uh, most of you will be familiar with that report because of um, possibly the credit union. They've won. They've come first in all six years. They're the only company in the world wow. to have done that. And then you know it, you know, it, it ranks through. So there, there are definitely being, they're being chased hard. So the question is, why is benchmarking so important? And um, you really, when you start on a journey to deliver CX excellence, the first thing you have to do is rank where you currently stand. Um, and you can do that against all of your competitors, which is really important. And you use our report to do that because we track all of these major companies. Um, but on the, uh, once you've done, once you kind of understand where you stand, then you're going to identify, look, let's move out of our sector. If I'm a bank, I, I need to look at, let's say, I, I'm going to send my team over to Disney uh, because Disney are the world's champions of managing queuing, you know, uh, people mm. queuing up, et cetera. So you might send a team there or you might go to the Ritz-Carlton for a welcome and so on. And so when you benchmark, you, you can now set yourself goals that everybody can see within the organization. Yeah. I think it's, it's actually worth pointing out. I, might, I should have mentioned this at the front end, Philip. You and I, when we started our careers, we grew up uh, with a philosophy that the customer is the king. You know, the king. Yeah, that's what I was right. Yeah. And we lived yeah. that in deeply through our, our DNA was always good. And it was only about eight or nine years ago that I realized I've been wrong all this time. The customer is not king. Your employees are king. Mm. And it comes down to this whole issue that happy employees equal happy customers. Yeah. So customer experience, again, I'm, I'm sharing things with you that you kind of go back and say, you know what? You're right. I get that. Yeah. It's simple, simple, simple. But I tell you, it's bloody hard to deliver it because our challenge today is we have to get all of the different departments that are siloed in large organizations yeah. um, to work together. And yeah. that's a major hassle trying to get so it you know it, it you know a lot of the work that we do is employee uh, you know comes first and then you you make that assumption if you give the employees everything they need and you empower them to do things brilliantly it will happen so there is culture change that stuff scares the crap out of most companies it yes. really does mm. you know, you mentioned culture change they go oh digital transformation oh you know, <laughs> yeah 
isn't there an award? Sorry, Michael, I was going to say, uh, isn't it uh, the best place to work or whatever? Yeah. 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 And people will go and check that out, you know. Um, Absolutely. And I think you'll find that there's a very, very deep correlation with companies mm. who are best places to work and are, are similarly uh, best customer experience companies. Now, yeah. we, we have a lot of data that supports the fact that the return on investment in customer experience is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. It is huge. So if you think about it, if you're giving a great customer experience, your customers aren't calling you with complaints. So there's cost reductions in there. Your retention scores are going through the roof. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're missing out on all that churn. Uh, your acquisition uh, costs are being reduced because your customers are doing the selling for you and so on and so on and so on. I mean, there's very, very sharp return on investment. And Philip, you and I, for many years in marketing, we grew up, Emer, sorry, I beg your pardon. I, I should possibly include you in that as well. <laughs> we, we had such a difficult time justifying spend and marketing in customers. Yeah. yeah. It's an issue. And it is phenomenal. So finally, I'm now meeting with financial controllers uh, all over the place, and they love CX. They absolutely love it because the cost savings are real, yeah. uh, and 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 the increase in uh, new business and locking in your existing customers are phenomenal. So. It's, yeah. it, it's a very, very rich uh, discipline to be engaged in. It really is. Well, I'm a big believer in what you say because I used to work for Disney. Um, uh-huh. And uh, no, I did not dress up as Mickey Mouse before you asked, Philip. I thought um, it was Donald. <laughs> <laughs> you better duck there. You know? um, no, we. I was uh, in the marketing department and uh, it was like, it, it was a dream job. I have to say, I loved it. Uh, great people to work with. But definitely uh, the whole ethos within like the moment you walk into the office there had to be a good customer experience you know and um, no matter who it was because you just don't know who's walking through the door and I mm-hmm. think that's in everyday life anyway um and that's why I was curious to see Michael with you is I do believe it's not just for the big business um so I want to ask you what can entrepreneurs and SMEs learn and benefit from the CX approach? Yeah, it's interesting. I would say that basically, look at CX is for all shapes and sizes. There's mm-hmm. a question about it. it works brilliantly for a B2B as just as much as B2C. Mm-hmm. Um, so from that perspective, uh, there's no issues there. I would say that, you know, if you're a small business, it is far easier for you uh, mm-hmm. to deliver uh, an amazing, or let's call it a remarkable customer experience. And what I mean by remarkable, I mean it's so good that your customers will remark what happened to other people. So that's what we mean yeah. by remarkable. And when you're a small business, I'm going to give you a couple of examples of some businesses that are doing really well here. And you'll notice that some of them are small. When you're a large organization, again, it's easy to deliver CX, but the problem is in large organizations, you have silos. And now you have to get everybody on board going on the same track and making sure it's a consistent delivery across all areas of that business. That's where it gets tricky. So mm-hmm. I look at, there's, there's a company that it, it's called the Roasted Bean. It's a coffee shop and it's part of the Clayton Hotel out in Leopardstown. Now, I walked in there one day, we were going into a meeting into the Leopardstown Park there with one of our clients and um, there was a girl there. Her name was Jennifer McHenry and I have to mention her name because to me, she is the epitome of a CX champion. And she basically is serving coffee to people Mm -hmm. who come in. And I walked in and she had a tray in front of her with little loyalty cards. You know, these loyalty cards where you stamp the coffee and stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
And she said, have you got a loyalty card? I said, no, we're just popping in next door for a quick meeting. She said, no, you've got to take a loyalty card. So I filled out my loyalty card and she took it from me mm-hmm. and she put it in her tray. That's visible there on the counter. I said, why are you doing that? She says, it's my job to remember every single customer when they come in here. When you come in next time, Michael, I will greet you, Michael, uh, and I'll know what you want to say. I go, you, you're basically a loyalty program in your brain. And I, we, I would, you know, I've spoken about this lady so many times. Um, she is phenomenal. And that to, that to me is an example of a small company being able to do something that is truly mm-hmm. personalized, you know, because they know. And if you go back to, you, you, you look at our top 10 uh, award winners this year, you have Shaw's department store in second place. You have in first place the credit unions. Mm-hmm. You have three or four pharmacy companies who have moved into the top 10 this year. You have Unpust. And you sit back and say, what do they have in common? They all make such an effort to be part of their community. I mean, yeah. credit unions are absolutely phenomenal. You just can't chase them. They are, they know every single customer by name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most of their staff are volunteers. So they really give a damn. And you look at Unpust. I mean, Unpust failed in a number of different areas. However, where they excel is their postman or postwoman. Yeah. I know my postman in the office. I know my postman at home by name. And they pop in and all. Oh, yeah, go, same here. Yeah. yeah. Each of these companies, the pharmacy, you go in and they make such an effort now to know you by name and know, you know, and that's a tricky conversation when you're dealing with medicines, et cetera. You know, that's mm-hmm. quite yeah. private, et cetera. So one of the things in Ireland is we're seeing such a deep, deep, desire for that human touch and in fact one of the things that i find myself doing i do a lot of work with oracle and uh, salesforce i speak at their events globally and our, our, our my role is to get up on stage and talk about how important the human touch still is versus just purely a technology play yeah and you know they love that because you know a lot of their projects fail because their clients staff don't quite understand why they're doing these things and once you get them stitched into that whole human touch, they really get it and they're, they have greater success. So, you know, I, I do think that, you know, small business today will find it easier. Larger businesses find it just as easy or impactful when it's done brilliantly, but it's more difficult. So if you're smaller out there or you're an entrepreneur, you're in better shape, quite honestly. Yeah. And from there, I was going to say, um, is like, that's where you build your get to know, like, and trust and your build your loyalty. And, you know, once you're, you know, you're happy going to somewhere, you're hardly going to change. Absolutely. And, and you know, we, we, we always remember the person we dealt with. We don't necessarily yeah. remember what book we bought or mm. how much we paid for it or, yeah. you know, how we paid for it. Yeah. But we will remember the communication we had with the individual behind the tail, yeah. you know, yeah. Like I can't remember who said it. There is a there is a quote, etc. That um, what people say about you when you leave the room or how you've made some feel um, has huge weight, etc. And I think what's interesting, which is a nice segue into this next question, Michael, is when you look at those companies that are really performing well. Um, you know, the credit unions you've mentioned, uh, those uh, the postmen and women of Unpost. I think you really have started to see, you know, particularly as we've all been in lockdown, the power of community. Oh, yeah. uh, You know, and I think, you know, from your, I suppose, experience, have you seen this whole kind of area of customer experience become even more important as businesses have been locked down, where suddenly it is about 
you know, Joe, Mary, the face in front, the personality behind the business, that human touch and interaction. Absolutely, Phil. You've nailed it. I think, you know, again, go back to the um, post example. I mean, we have the postman woman knocking on people's doors uh, all across the country, keeping an eye on their community, uh, bringing them newspapers. Do, you know, yeah. It's phenomenal what Unpost have done in developing and empowering uh, their, their post people to, to, to do that. And then you have the credit union. Got a wonderful story about the credit unions in Ireland. In one case, they realized that a lot of their customers don't have access to online and they needed to get cash. So the credit unions started calling the local guards and they got into the back of a squad car and drove around their neighborhoods, dropping off envelopes of cash to people who needed it. I mean, this is way... They didn't come past my house. (laughs) I I do hope you have an online account so that you might be able to do that. Oh, I missed that one. It's it's, it's amazing that so many companies have been forced to do more Mm. human touch this time around. There's a very lonely community out there that, you know, would love. They, I mean, a lot of the credit union customers, that was their day out, going yeah. down to the credit union to get the card stamp, whatever, you know, and they're missing that. So, Philip, you're bang on. I think, you know, COVID has really made us rethink uh, the whole tech versus human touch. And in Ireland, and again, I, I we track this regularly, Ireland is one of the most human touch focused countries on the planet. We wow. still love the human touch over the online. Now, you might argue that all of our data is suggesting that it's moving, obviously shifting towards that more convenient digital, but there's still a very significant desire to have that human touch in play. Yeah. Well, I agree with you because, I mean, like, you know, us Irish, I have to say, we do like to chat. You know, um, you go into the supermarket. Um, don't you, Philip? Well, Philip tells me these days that he goes into the supermarket. He gets That's my social up. life. That's my social life. I had a celebration in aisle 10 of Dunn stores when I got a deal on toilet roll. So, you know, hey, that's the way it works. Oh, that is that is just, that's made my day now, you know. Um, uh, I will have that in my back of my head for the rest of the day. Sorry, but it was, a, it was a good experience then. It was. Yeah. Um, but no, I think, I think you're right. Like, I think... Um, What's interesting, you know, from the whole digital social media aspect, like something that Emer is brilliant at and delivers a course on is digital customer service. Mm. But it's interesting um, that digital customer service still has to be presented by a physical person mm-hmm. on, on the channel. And mm-hmm. if they are making you feel that really, you know, why you bother me with this ridiculous query, as opposed to I'm going to make sure that this is the best experience you've ever had, will determine how you then get off that Twitter account or that Facebook page uh, feeling either, wow, I will definitely Mm -hmm. go back to that business and tell everybody, or I'm going to try and move my account and I'm going to make sure everybody else knows why I'm moving my account. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. I think that it's very unfair, but um, uh, one in seven customers, when they're disappointed with the service, they mm. will tell you why they're leaving. The other six will leave and never tell you. Yeah, and I yeah. think, therefore, and that's another reason why we're seeing complaints growing. You know, I always felt that uh, complaints is a very positive thing. I think if anybody bothers to tell you that they have a problem, they're your most loyal customer. You know, they want you to fix it because they like you, etc. It's the others, and therefore we should make it as easy as possible. And we should we should try and engage customers in complaints more often. It, it, the challenge for us is not that people are complaining. Let them complain. The more complaints, the better, is my view. It's how we fix those complaints. 
yeah. and you know we track all of this information. In fact, there's a there's a formula that's fifteen seventy fifteen percent of your customers or more should be complaining to you, uh, and this is based on world champions across the globe. And seventy percent is a good benchmark for uh, satisfactorily resolving that issue quickly. Um, and you know it's it's a really interesting number. So we should really be focusing on. How, what percentage of people are we resolving the issue with? That's 70%. Don't worry about the 15%. Don't ever put a KPI in a business that says, let's reduce our complaints. Forget it. Let, let them complain because we can deal with them. That's also a form of interaction. And when you fix a complaint in Ireland, mother of God, lads, you'll be on the phone saying, you won't believe what my yeah. telco just did. Yeah. yeah. We'll yeah. sell it for you. <laughs> Oh, I, I, I think that uh, like it's so important to like if you don't check out and find out what your customer is saying, you know, you're just sticking your head in the sand. Um, and do you know what I was I had had a quick look over the details of your um, like the, the certification um, that you're doing um, that in itself. How can that, you know, maybe prepare professionals and businesses to learn CX? What do they, as I say, what's in it for them, you know, um, if they come and do the cert uh, with you? Yeah, I think yeah, the certificate is a simple one for me. It's, it's about mm. the fundamentals. So I think but most people who do our courses, they first of all realize, oh, my God, I do this every day. Yeah. This is phenomenal. God, I'm already way ahead on this thing. This is they, they pass the course without doing any of the, 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 the modules. I mean, it's, it's because they're in that space mm-hmm. at the same time. You know, we are introducing a framework which makes life so much easier and everybody loves some sort of framework that they can follow. I think mm-hmm. from a fundamental point of view, I mean, even just to get an understanding of that emotional impact of mm-hmm. customers, it makes you think about projects so much more differently. Uh, and I think I think the greatest thing is that anybody who does our courses, you know, you finish up, you, you, you immediately start improving your confidence in this whole discipline. And, um, you know, you start to realize, oh my God, and the beauty is we don't do it via an academic university approach. It is all based on story after story after story on best practice. And we take stories of small companies and big companies mm-hmm. across a whole range of different sectors, across every market in the world. And it's just enjoyable. Like you know, I, 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 I've done the course myself and mm-hmm. I remember doing one of the first modules and I had about 12 pages of notes yeah. Oh my God. So, you know, there's great learnings in there if you're starting a business, if you're in a business. And I think, you know, particularly there's a huge number of people now moving into CX. When we first started our journey, I'll give you an example because I, I spoke to an Australian audience last week. And two years ago, when we I did a, a search on LinkedIn, how many customer experience executives are there in Australia? And it was 76,000 professionals two years ago. That's now 650,000 in two wow. years. Wow. Incredible. So it's massive. And I think, you know, lots and lots of, you're, you're, you're seeing in the States now, it's it's very common now to look at a marketing department changing their name to the customer experience department mm-hmm. because there are certain disciplines in organizations that have completely lost their voice at the boardroom table. Mm-hmm. And because everybody's excited about the growth of customer experience, when you go in with that title, um, you're now being listened to. And I think what the courses are doing is, is giving you that confidence uh, to talk to people about, you know, you know how we're going to fix things. Uh, you know, and, 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 you know, there's a whole series of different things. But 
you know, from that perspective, I would say confidence is just phenomenal. And, you know, and, and the courses are really, really interesting to do. You're not doing lots of homework. You get in, you get out. And the examinations and all that are fun to do, you know. It, 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 and then again, if you say you feel like, oh, I'm on the right road here and that will help me with my website, with yeah. my, my social media and face to face with my customer, because I will know I'll have the right maybe skills, you know, a few hidden more talents than I thought I had. Um, so that in itself, I think, is a win win. Oh, absolutely. And the yeah. funny thing is our, our way of selling is I can't sell a course for, 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 for the life of me. But our, our, our participants who've done the courses sell it for us. Mm-hmm. So again, we use that philosophy. And it's quite what we tend to do is we ask that companies put two or three people on first, you know, uh, and, mm-hmm. and so allow them as a team to do the course. Mm-hmm. And they can apply that to a project, et cetera. And then it ripples. Then you will find very quickly that the department then now are going to do that course. And yeah. then you have the whole company doing it. So it's, it, it really is the course has to be good in order for that to be successful. And it's worked brilliantly for us. That yeah, like it's been, um, it's a credit to yourself, Michael, and obviously all the team, uh, Julian, et cetera, because what you've done has, within two years, has been phenomenal. Um, and I can't believe, like, we've about five minutes left. Uh, I know we don't, do we? I, I know, it's, it's just been mind-blowing. And I think, um, oh. I, I think certainly, Michael, to get you back on again in the near future, because the mm. way CX is going. But we have time for two last questions, Michael, if that's okay. Far ahead, far ahead. I I think, you know, when it comes to trends and CX, et cetera, I know it's going to be constantly changing um, and moving and evolving. It's something that I was just interested just to get your feeling on if you're seeing this was you mentioned something very interesting about the fact that the power is not so much with your customer, with your, but with your employees, that happy employees, happy customers. Are you starting to see that with, say, companies who are really good at CX, have started to build into even their interview process for employees, whether they have a sort of a, a CX customer experience mentality. Um, are you, are you seeing- yeah, I know you're right. And again, it, it differs in terms of how mature a market is. So, um, you know, let's, let's say we're the base here. Uh, uh, if you have customer experience, uh, experience, uh, you are a hot product in the Irish market. There, is absolutely no question about it. And, you know, I, I think um, it's really hard to find people um, with that. However, Ireland is a wonderful country in the sense mm-hmm. that we have every major brand on the planet mm-hmm. all operating out of here. So you are operating in a global world and we are learning at a greater speed than most other markets. So, yeah, and no question about it. I think, you know, CX is critical. And, you know, uh, we, we, we see um, a lot of kids coming out of college and just doing a, a basic course, and that's been uh, asked upon them by the companies that they're joining to really right. get a good understanding. But in terms of kind of the trends that are out there, I wrote a piece um, for a report last year. And I remember we, we looked at two areas that, for me, and that they're absolutely critical going forward, and it's, it's, it's around – the first thing is value. Um, mm-hmm. Every company, be you small or medium or, or enterprise, you have got to review your value proposition. So what I mean by that is basically, and you, you'll know this uh, very, very clearly, that most Irish consumers today have mm-hmm. more time on their hands and less money in their wallet. Mm. And they're all searching for greater value from that perspective. So 
that as a trend is huge for the next year. Yeah. I also mentioned, I think I mentioned complaints to you. Yes. And, you know, mm-hmm. they're going through the roof because consumers' expectations are, are, are never ending. They're just rocketing, rocketing, rocketing. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right to, to kind of stitch in that employee uh, angle. And a huge amount of effort is now being moved towards empowering employees, training yeah. employees around CX delivery, et cetera. And what, what is happening is if you walk into any large bank or utility or telco, you'll see on the reception you know, wall, the customer is king or customer focus, et cetera. And it's complete and utter bull- it is not the case. Yeah. What is happening here is these large organizations are investing 90, 95% of their investment is going into transformation digital plays. And what we're saying here is, guys, you've got to get that balance corrected. We've got to put much more effort into the human side, and that is our staff. We've got to train them around the framework about these emotional values. And to be fair, if you call any call center today, they're not working off scripts during covid They've been working off emotional issues where customers are calling up and sharing the deepest emotional issues. So we've got to invest more in that whole emotional delivery. It's it's fascinating how that trend yeah. is now dictating where we're spending our monies. Well, I mean, because yeah. everyone's at home and they're a bit frustrated and they, yeah. oh, yeah. I've had enough. I'm, you know, I'm not going yeah. to let things uh, slide anymore. I'm fed up with maybe, I don't know, you know, the whoever your electrical provider is, your TV provider um, and more. And I think, uh, as you say, it's it's down to when you when you ring up that company, you should feel like you're the most important customer and uh, be treated very well. Otherwise, as we were saying, is like you're going to go elsewhere and you, it's not good for the brand and it's not good for the customer because they feel like they have been duped. Oh, I know I would feel like that, you know, when you're trying to ring up, you know, yourself, Philip, you're ringing up and you can't get through to anybody. Yeah, and then you're thinking, absolutely. forget this. Um, th- that's not a good customer experience at all. Yeah. Um, maybe you should be talking to them, Michael, you know, certain uh, TV providers and <laughs> And getting them to change their customer experience. It, 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 you know what we are. I mean, as part of part of the CX company work, we 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 consult and we 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 work with companies. But it really is. It's about helping oh. them uh, helping them give up on the switching strategy that is driving everything to the floor. Yeah. Uh, so you have certain categories out there, or sectors out there. The telco. The, actually, the, the, the insurance is a great example. When we started our research, the insurance was pretty last. They were the tenth out of ten sectors. They're now, yeah. in fourth, they're now in fourth place because they've given up on that switching strategy. They're now saying, mm-hmm. you know what? We have enough customers here. Let's give them a great experience. Let's focus now on retention mm-hmm. and, and start building it that way. And you know, if you put all of your effort into retention, it does not turn off the tap on acquisition. Why? Because your customers are telling their mates and yeah. their yeah. family, their colleagues, geez, I just got my car insurance or whatever, and my health insurance. So they're all starting to move in that direction of really looking after their best customers. Not best customers, all customers, I should because, say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a bit like my husband um, gets very jealous because I have a certain uh, car insurance company and it's not f- for men, he says. And I said, no, that's just the brand. Um, <laughs> and he still doesn't agree with me. But anyway, um, you are uh, definitely starting to... Uh, become very popular, uh, Michael. You're expanding, and you've got offices now in Singapore and Australia. Um, have you any jobs going? I'll go. 
Yeah. <laughs> and you going to do the show with me? No, Michael. She doesn't need a job. <laughs> um, have you any more any more uh, things in the bag? Uh, any more locations, as they say, coming up? Absolutely. I mean, there's about eight other locations that we're having deep discussions with. It's mm-hmm. uh, we're, we're new to this, uh, Emer. It's all new mm-hmm. to us. So we don't pretend any other way. And so. Getting the right partners is absolutely critical. So we have mm-hmm. about eight countries right now that we have been having deep conversations with. And it's a matter of finding out, look, can these companies or these partners uh, really commit to this? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've got a phenomenal package because, as you can guess, you know, there's good margins in this discipline of e-learning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and therefore, it can be a really interesting add-on to a lot of the CS companies that are out there mm-hmm. or training companies that are out there. Mm-hmm. Um the answer is, do you know what we have? We are uh, like we're the Singapore office is going extremely well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're picking up work in the Philippines. We are doing big projects in Malaysia, so they're the neighbouring countries. Um, Australia is we've got a phenomenal partner out there. Um, and again, it's it's funny even with partners, it still goes back to the basics. You know, we are leveraging the networks out there that they have, and it's yeah. about you know them talking to clients saying, hey, we've got this new product. Starting that ripple effect, get two or three key players in an organization to work together, do those courses, and then it starts to ripple, ripple, ripple. And um, the other markets that we're looking at, you know, yeah, it's the Scandinavias. We got Europe all lined up as well. So you know, look, it, 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 we're very, very excited, and we just have to be careful. We just, you know, you yeah. can't go diving into these relationships because they could come back and bite you at some time. Mm. In the future. Yeah, uh, and we've got a wonderful board of companies are people who have worked uh, successfully in this uh, this area. Uh, and so they're advising us what they've been doing over the last number of years as well. So mm-hmm. shortcuts like that can be hugely important, really important. Whoa. Well, um, if you do need help in the Australian or the Singapore office, <laughs> if you wrote in the Bali office, Michael, just give me a heads up. You know? Oh gosh, there we go, Phil. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, well, Michael, it has been an absolute insightful and a pleasure talking to you today. Definitely. This has been like, like I had heard of CX, I had had it, but I, I know mm. so much more. I'm sure mm-hmm. you're probably the same, Emer. Um, oh yeah. So, so Michael, listen, thank you so much for being part of the show today. Um, we wish you and everyone involved on in the CX Academy and the CS Company every continued success because mm-hmm. what you're doing is obviously having a huge benefit for businesses and uh, and rightly so. Um, so yeah, so so thank you. Um, you're a gentleman. Thank you, and Emer, pleasure to have met you and really yes. enjoyed it. So honoured to be invited to your list of uh, uh, pods. So thank you so much. Really appreciate that. Yeah. So um, so I suppose. All I have to say now is if you enjoyed today's show, you can catch it again and the other shows on the Let's Get Social Show podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and of course on the Dublin South FM website. So do please download and subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And all that's left to say is I've been Philip Twyford, the Curly Marketer. And I've been Emer Duffy of Fit Social Media. And we'll see you again soon for more Let's Get Social. See you then. Bye. Bye.